0: Hey, everybody, my name is Chris Carter, and I'm the host of Just Chris Podcast, a series where I give my first hand experience on the world and my surroundings. In today's episode, you can look forward to a little bit of weekend recap, going to talk about what life is like working at a golf course, and then finish off with some stock talk. So, sit back, relax, and welcome to the show. Tuesday as I'm releasing this episode, however, it is Sunday as I'm recording this episode So the end of the weekend, and per usual, you know, I'll go over the the weekend recap, but this week, I don't really want to go as in-depth into my weekend recap, only because I really didn't do anything this weekend, so there's really not many stories to tell, nothing crazy about it. I would say, though, the highlight of the weekend, so I went into downtown Raleigh with my little sister Alexis last night, and we kind of made a little event out of it. So we ended up going to Dick's Sporting Goods because we had to finish up a little bit of Christmas shopping. And then from there, we went to Krispy Kreme Donuts in Raleigh on Person Street, maybe? I think so. And it's the Krispy Kreme where you see the donuts being made right in front of you. And one of the biggest downsides, I'd say, about the coronavirus right now is that you can't eat inside the Krispy Kreme to watch the donuts being made. But you can go into the store. You can purchase the donuts. So we went there, and we ended up getting a dozen donuts. And listen to this, they're hot and ready. So when the hot and ready sign is on, it means they're in the process of being made or they've already been made like minutes ago. So we go in there, wait in line, we get a five ninety nine dozen donuts, dozen glazed Krispy Kreme donuts, and if you've never had a hot Krispy Kreme donut, you need to. Unbelievable life changer. And we did that, and I was actually looking forward to getting coffee while we were there because it was pretty cold outside, and we had a couple other plans to do outside later that evening. And when we went up to the register to pay, I asked for the specific coffee, and they're like, oh, all of our coffee machines are down. This ain't McDonald's. Coffee machine can't be broken right now. It's 30 degrees out. Coffee machine can't be broke right now. But it was. So unfortunately, I had to settle for no coffee from Krispy Kreme and then kick it with just a dozen donuts, which wasn't bad. I mean, you really can't complain with a dozen donuts. And still at this point, like I was needing coffee. So we ended up finding this little cafe further down the road, a little corner shop. And when we pulled up, it didn't look like it was open. We went inside and with like the stay at home orders and everyone having to order out, it looked like that place really like wasn't running they were still like you could go in there and order food and all that and it was advertised as a cafe on google maps so we go inside i ask if they have coffee dumb question but they looked at us like we just didn't belong there for some reason i was thinking i was like maybe they don't have coffee so i had to ask and when i asked Also, one thing, if you hear any loud noises in the background, it's my mom in the other room. They're redoing their bathroom right now, so I will do my best to kind of cancel out those noises, but if I can't, that's what it is. Mom, come on, dude, I'm recording. Anyways, so as we go into the shop and order coffee, the dude looks at me like I'm insane when I ask for a latte, and it's a cafe, and he looks at me like they don't know what I'm talking about. He's like, oh, latte, latte. Yes, latte. And my little sister gets a hot chocolate. And the look they give her, too, is like, are you serious? Why are you here for that? Let me tell you, bro. It's a cafe. So they actually did have that, but they didn't advertise it anywhere on the walls. It wasn't written anywhere. I just kind of had to make the guess. And then I was like, you know what? Just like a caramel latte. I'll go with that. He said, oh, caramel macchiato. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that over. I'll take that. So he gets that ready and he's getting the hot chocolate ready. We pay for it. And behind us, a lady walks in and she looks at the people and gives some crazy complicated drink that I'd never heard of in my life. Like this was levels above hot chocolate and a caramel latte. And the dude says he looks at her. He's like, oh, you want blah, blah, blah. Yep. One minute coming up dude, what? You know what that is? But then you give me weird looks asking for a caramel latte. Something ain't right here. So we end up getting the coffee. We paid for it. We left. And I had the self-control to not touch the donuts until I had my coffee. So we get into the car. I have my coffee. Alexis has our hot chocolate. And I was like, all right, hand them over. We bust in the donuts. And I mean, they were they were probably like 15 minutes sitting there for about 15 minutes so they're not as hot but they're still warm i had the coffee i had the donuts coffee however subpar i was not satisfied with the coffee unfortunately but it did the job it got the job done i was warm when we went outside and after we got that we had a couple donuts i had to cut myself off it too because anymore is just like a gateway Like you eat more than two, and then you're just tempted to eat the whole box. And I wasn't going to do that. So self control really helped that. And from there, we went further into downtown Raleigh. And there's actually this illuminated walk type tour thing going on where artists around the city set up these different locations where there were attractions based on lights and abstract images. We walked through downtown Raleigh, we saw, I think, maybe like, Six of the 12 so we saw half of them but we were cutting it pretty close on time with the stay at home order so starting at 10 o'clock everyone is supposed to be inside unless you have a note or a reason to be out which we did not so we walked around raleigh for a while i got to record a little bit i took some good photos down there and we had a pretty good time doing that after that like i went home and i was incredibly exhausted i was asleep on a saturday night before 12 o'clock and i woke up at 11 30. 11 and a half hours of sleep, Chris, that's incredible. If only I could do that, like, every day, I'd feel amazing. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. I would say, though, like, that was the highlight of the weekend was going out with Alexis, doing all this stuff downtown, getting coffee wasn't great, but I still had a good time. And that's That's all that matters. And that was the first time I'd gotten to spend a lot of time outside of just being at home with the family, with Alexis. And we hadn't gone into downtown Raleigh in a while. So it was cool actually being able to do that, actually being able to see those attractions and illuminated walk that downtown Raleigh had set up. But outside of that, I didn't do anything the rest of the weekend. I mean, you kind of know how it goes. But one thing I would like to highlight on to replace the weekend recap is kind of how work has gone this past week. And I would say like it's been kind of enjoyable for the most part. So this week, at work it's actually hasn't been too bad. it's been tough work, which I will explain, but it hasn't been bad, which i I've had had fun and you know when you get into work, you have your morning responsibilities and duties, and then once those are finished up, that's when we go into like the more in-depth work, tougher work, things to really improve the course or things that are on the agenda to get done and you know I'm just going to kind of break it down at the average day of work, so we start around seven thirty. And as I said, there are morning duties and responsibilities. And as we wait for everyone to get into work, that's when the superintendent goes over like the list of the things that need to get done that morning. And he assigns each person a different task. And sometimes you're responsible for completing more than one of those or just that one thing. So I'm going to break it down and I'm going to rank it from my favorite to least favorite. Number one would be cutting the grass. I would much rather spend every single day on a mower cutting grass than doing anything else. So number one goes to cutting grass. Number two is blowing off the greens because super easy to do. You get to put in headphones, you're by yourself for the morning, and there's nothing hard about it at all. Number three, what I would say is replacing the coolers. However, when you replace the coolers, when you're given that responsibility, it always comes hand in hand with taking out the trash. which. I'm not big on because for majority of the time, it's not trash left by golfers on the course. Like it's not always beer cans and food boxes. A lot of the time it is people that walk their dogs on the cart path. They're throwing out the little doggy bags in the trash can and that stinks. I I hate doing the trash for that right there. But sometimes, you know, it's not always dog poop that fills up the trash cans, which doesn't make it as bad. Number four, would be cutting cups and once you get the hang of it it's not hard to do but I would say learning how to do it was the hardest thing for me ever. I had such a hard time doing it and then you constantly feel this pressure of like you have to do them perfectly. Maybe it's just me but you have to do them perfectly. The cup has to be right. The plug has to be perfect. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure sometimes because if you cut it too deep or if you cut it too shallow, it's not going to correctly fit and it's not going to lay flush with the green. And when I started, I just couldn't get that depth right. I always cut it too shallow, so I'd have to go through. You got to scoop out the sand with your hand, press it down, roll over it with this little uh, hand tool to kind of flatten everything out and make it blend in with the other grass. And I just had a super hard time with that because I couldn't get the cup cutter down to the right depth. And you have to put a lot of your body weight on on it to get to it. So as I was learning that, it took me quite a bit of time to get that. But there was this one time where I was doing it it was like the first time. And, you know, I was comfortable doing it, like going out just by myself, like I had learned previously. Instead, one of the guys ended up going with me. And the pressure that was put on me just from like his presence made me screw up every single one. Like I could not get them cut right. I couldn't get them deep enough. Couldn't get them straight. And I just feel this guy just looking over my shoulder the whole time. Eventually, like first cup, couldn't get it right. Second cup, couldn't get it right. Third hole, fourth hole, couldn't get it right. And then finally, he was like, you know what? I'll do all that. Just go through and like clean it up once I'm done. And he was pissed about it. I could just feel it. I could feel the anger towards me. And I was like, all right, dude, like, thank God I got to leave in a half hour because you might kill me by the end of this. I got out of there after a half hour. He had to finish cutting cups. And, you know, I I really took that as a learning lesson because since then, as I mentioned last episode, your boy has perfected it. Maybe not perfected. I'm like 95% perfection. You know, there's still that 5% room for improvement. But for the most part, like, they'll pass. They'll do. They're fine. Um, Oh, a fifth one would be moving the teas or the tea markers and then blowing off the tea boxes. Which in the summer, it's not terrible. However, in the winter, when the grass is cold and wet, your feet get soaked, your hands are freezing Water gets through your gloves, and it's the worst experience ever because nothing is worse than cold hands very beginning of the day. And before I got new boots, my old boots would leak water, and it would be like 9 o'clock, and I got wet socks. And I still have 6, 7 more hours at work. And I'll tell you, I hate nothing more than wet socks. I mean, walking through the kitchen, I've been dealing with this a lot lately because Alexis's new puppy learn how to use the ice dispenser on the fridge so we'll be sitting in the living room and we just hear the ice dispenser go off and then the ice cubes hit the ground and i wouldn't say she's the best cleaner upper because more than once i've walked through the kitchen and stepped in a puddle of water from a leftover ice cube that finley did not get and that kills me kills me as i was saying Wet boots, wet socks by nine o'clock in the morning. And when I got new boots, that actually kind of changed the game, waterproofed them, everything was straight. But that's the last, like my least favorite morning responsibility duty thing to do just because I hate being wet. Given I was a swimmer, like I should be used to like being in the water, which I'm fine with. I'm fine getting in the water and everything. But the difference is getting in the water in a bathing suit, You're getting wet in a bathing suit and getting wet when you're wearing regular clothes. There's a huge difference there. So that's what kind of gets on my nerves the most about being wet outside of the pool is having wet, dry clothes, if that makes sense. Can't stand it. After we complete those morning activities, morning duties, responsibilities, whatever you want to call them, that's when we kind of get into the more in-depth work, the tougher work, things that we need to accomplish in order to make. Or improve the course. And lately we've been on a mission to complete the bunkers on the front nine holes. So what we've had to do, we had to redo all these bunkers. And there's not one on every hole. I mean, some holes have two or three, some holes have one, or some holes might not have any. But it's a pain in the butt sometimes. And I'm I'm gonna walk you through kind of the process of it, what it takes to redo a sand trap and get it to how it looks today how it's looking now and I'd say it's looking pretty PGA like pretty similar because your boy does a killer job along with a couple other co-workers I'm not going to take all the credit for it but it kind of goes like this before we redo the bunkers a lot of the sand has already been washed away broken down so there's really not much sand that we have to dig through a lot of it's just dirt and gravel stuff like that we go through and we have to dig a ditch through the middle of the bunker in order for it to drain correctly. Because in the past with the old bunkers, puddles of water would just sit in them for days until they drained. So we have to go through and we have to redo all the drainage for it. You dig the, the ditch across the center, or wherever wherever the drainage is gonna lead to. It's probably about foot and a half wide by about two feet deep. And this stretches throughout the bunker. And from there, you shave down all of the dirt surrounding it so that when there is water in the bunker, it slopes down towards that ditch. Once you get that done, you put in the new piping. And the way I'm describing this, it doesn't sound bad, but it takes a couple of days to get through it all and get it finished and perfected, okay? So we get the ditch done, we get the grating of the dirt done, and then we put in a small short layer of rocks at the bottom of the ditches. And then from there, we put in the pipe, which has holes in it so that when the water does go through, it goes into the pipe and then drained out one area of the pipe or one side of the pipe. Then we fill in the rest of the ditch with rocks. And lately, we haven't had the tractor to put the rocks into the Pro Gators, which is one of the vehicles we use to transport stuff back and forth. It has like a pickup bed in it. We've had to load up and unload all the rocks by hand. Let me tell you, it ain't easy. So you do that, put the pipe in, you put the rock surrounding it, you make it level with the lowest point in the bunker. And then from there, we have to go through again just to make sure that everything is sloping downwards. And then we've had to cut out the perimeter of the bunker because we're making the bunkers deeper. So on average, we cut about four inches out, uh, thus making it four inches deeper than where it was. And some bunkers, you know, they were already an inch deep, two inches. No, we got to cut them down. So we do that. And in some situations, we have to lay sod, like put down new sod around the bunker. uh, If it's been like wearing away, erosions, causes to fall through, stuff like that. Make sure that everything's draining correctly. We have the depth right. And then we go through and we put new sand in. The worst part. The worst part. So it's back and forth with the ProGator, filling up the bed with sand, bringing it back down to the bunker, dumping it, going back up, and so on. So you get the point with that. But then from there, you have to spread out the sand throughout the bunker. And it has to be about four inches deep. And you have to constantly check the depth of it using the opposite side of the rake. And that gets old after a while because there comes a point where you're just worn out. And you're tired of shoveling sand, tired of getting it all level. And I don't know why it took us so long. But we just recently started using the Sand Pro, which is the equipment and the machine that we use to re-rake the sand traps and shuffle around the sand. And it has like a shovel attachment on the front. I don't know why we just thought of it, but we now use that to spread out the sand, which has made a thousand times easier and much quicker to get through with it. But still, like you have to go through and fill up the entire bunker before you can start using the Sand Pro. And that takes time. I mean, last week when we were doing it, we were told that, oh, like it's not going to take long to complete it. It's not going to be too bad. And then we get to it and the sand takes the longest part, longer than digging the ditches, longer than loading in the rocks, longer than putting the new pipe in. And then once you get all of that completed, like I said, you take the sand pro, you go around, level everything out and you have to spray the sand down with water but in the case of last week when we did the bunker on number 2 it rained the next day so we didn't have to go through and do that which was great because i was ready to get out of there what we had anticipated being done by like 2:33 o'clock we were there till 4:30 which i don't mind i mean a 10 and a half, 11 hour day sometimes. But like, I, I would say the worst part of it is not knowing when you'll finish. So it was last Tuesday and I anticipated to get out around 2.30, 3 o'clock because I had to make a call with someone. And then I had to finish editing the podcast, which I did get done. If I were to have known sooner, like, oh, we're going to be here till dark. I could have planned other things. You know, I could have scheduled things later than what they were. But in the end, the podcast was put up, the podcast was edited, and I had my phone call once I got off work. So we did get it done. The uncertainty is definitely killer sometimes, but then you also run into the situation where you're not there as long as you expect. So like on Thursday morning, when we went to go start another bunker, that one was flooded, probably like four or five inches deep with water, and you couldn't do anything with it. We didn't have a pump to pump out the water we were sent home at 1130 that day. I still had the rest of the day to get done whatever I needed to do, which was great. But then with that, the hours that you work vary week to week. So some weeks you can work, I don't know, like 20, 25 hours, 30 hours, whatever. And then the next week, like it'll be crappy weather and you won't work as much, which for me, it sucks sometimes. But I'm not there to make buttloads of money. I'm there for a job and to keep me busy and give me enough money to spend it on gas and cookout. As I was saying, we complete all that, we get the bunker done, and it is a pain in the butt, but you know, I'll tell you, it really builds character. And if I could compare it to anything, this is what it is. I talked about this with my coworker. We both agree. We sung the song as we're doing it. But shout out to the movie Holes. That's where your boy is working. I'm working at camp whatever. That's my job, just digging holes. This past Friday, we started, we got all the water out of the bunker, and then we run into the problem where the clay is so thick, like it's not permeable at all. No water flows through it, which is why we had the problem of the flooding of the bunker. What we had to do, we had to go through and extend the ditch further out past the bunker, but with all the roots in the ground, so was right under some trees, we had to bring in a backhoe to do the work. We were getting through it pretty quick. I had to leave at 12 that day, so I wasn't going to be there the entire day. But if I was a little kid and I saw that being done in my backyard, I would have loved it. And I mean, even now, like just watching it get done at 22 years old, watching the backhoe go to work, extremely entertaining. I definitely think I need to invest in the backhoe myself, not Not that I have anywhere to use it, but to have it and just dig holes in my backyard, I need it. As we were doing that though, so we get probably three quarters of the way through it and the roots for the trees, like they were kind of like a reddish, reddish brown color. So as he's digging, you can see the roots breaking. You can see like where exactly the roots are. Some of them thicker than others. And at one point I see him go into the dirt and I'm not looking at Red brownish roots. I'm seeing blue, yellow, and like red, red. I'm seeing that, and as he's pulling it out, it clicked in my head. I was like, "Oh shoot! Like those aren't roots; those are wires." Right when I get his attention, the bucket scoops up, snaps the wires. He was inches away from hitting the irrigation pipe, and you know we should have called eight one one first. But anyways. (laughs) Anyways, that happened, and by the time that happened, I had actually had to leave, so I was there for the most eventful part of the day, got to see all that go down, and that was the way I concluded my Friday, which, I mean, easy day, outside of having to dig holes and all that, singing the songs, you know the deal, but that's how work has been lately, and I'm hoping it kind of continues like that throughout the rest of the year, it's not bad. I mean, if I can just do that every day outside of doing all the little like little tasks, I'll take that over anything. To extend on the conversation with work, I will make an announcement. I would like to say this, that I recently took on the responsibility of running the marketing and social media for an upcoming golf tour. So this tour covers Eastern North Carolina. And I can shout it out in a minute here. But you know I'm responsible for running the Facebook page, running the Instagram, and really getting new members on and advertising it to all the golfers. By doing that, I've really learned how to use the Facebook ads. And let me tell you, like as we talked about Facebook last week, it's crazy when you create an ad and set your target audience. I mean, you can go through like your typical demographics of like age groups. Uh, their background, education, like there's so many different choices to choose from when it comes to who exactly you want to target and how you want to get to it. For example, if I just want to target 65 year olds who graduated from NC State that live in one specific area, say they live in one specific neighborhood, I can do that. You set the parameters on the ad and then you go through and pick what you want, where you want it, how many people you wanted to reach, what you want to get out of the ad. And it does it. It's pretty crazy how in-depth it can go. And as I'm continuing to do this, you know, I'm continuing to learn more, not only about marketing and advertising, I'm kind of learning more about the insides of Facebook as an extension to what I discussed last week. I've had a great time. It's really cool to see the results over time. It's been a week since I started doing this. Like The numbers are going up. And for the people that I'm working with, the guys that I'm working with, you know, they're older and they don't quite get the grasp on social media and technology as much as I do. So to go through and explain this stuff to them, it's so funny. It's so funny to do. I mean, if you guys are listening, shout out. But I really think it's going to be a cool opportunity to do this, not only working for this tour, but, you know, the benefits I'll get out of it. Because I will get the opportunity to play in all of these different tours, get to play all these new courses, which I'm incredibly excited for. But just today I was spoken to by one of the guys and he said, would you be interested in, you know, doing the announcements for the tournaments? So when the guys would walk up to the tee boxes, their name, where they're from, fun fact, whatever you want to add in. And then in addition to that, I will be doing the post-tournament interviews with the winners. And I'm stoked about that. I'm super excited because as I mentioned in, you know, the earlier episodes that I'm looking to improve like my interviewing skills and I'm incredibly excited for it because I get to do that. So as I mentioned earlier, my mom is in the other room working on her bathroom and she just texted me. She said, you need a pop in guest. In the meantime, though. Little shout out to the homie. I mean, as I said, biggest supporter, biggest fan always there for me, you're going to go through and listen to this mom, let you know I love you, and yeah, you know, I just got to gas her up a little bit, oh, here she comes, I hear it, ladies and gentlemen, as I told y'all, number one fan, got my mans, Mary Carter, mom, what's up, how are you? Good. We're chilling here in the new in quotes office. Gabby's not a fan of that term. But yeah, we're gonna get it redone soon, but I was as I said in the podcast that you were in the separate room making all the loud noises. No, that was dad. Oh, that was my dad. So <laughs> shout out my dad making all the loud noises. He will hear that too. I'm a silent painter. Silent painter. Mine has fallen down and taking out the, the towel rack. All right, she's left now. I can go back talking smack about her. Anyways, as I was saying before, you know, a special guest popped in. It's going to be super cool to interview these new people, meet new people, um, really get in a new environment with that. So, I'm super excited for it. I, as I was saying earlier, you know, the opportunity that comes with it. I'll get to play in these tournaments. I'll get to travel. I will get to see these new courses. I would say that's one of the biggest updates I have right now for me personally. It's It's been challenging, though, I, I will say. I mean, coming up with the ideas for advertising, coming up with the ads and creating the posters and flyers for it, it's not the easiest thing. I mean, it's definitely tough to do and really allows you to think on like a, a higher level when it comes to creating... You know, uh, things that really catch your attention as you're scrolling through Facebook, and one thing that I will share because I think it's pretty funny, uh, as I mentioned earlier, how the guys really aren't all that tech savvy. Not with it, I usually have pretty usually have like daily conversations either over the phone or I go over there. I go out to Dunn and I see him, but one of the first days I was talking to him on the phone, they asked me. They said, "Chris, what's up with all of the orange on the page?" Like. We don't mind it, but we're just curious why orange. And I paused. I told them I was like, yeah, so I was doing research on color psychology and they're like, oh, that's all we need to hear. And they're like, why, though? I was like, did it catch your attention? And they're like, well, yeah. I was like, there you go. That's all I need to say. And they were shook by it. They said the moment I said psychology, like that was all they needed to hear. And that was the only, you know, reason I needed to give. So. Shout out to color psychology. Shout out to orange because it's really making it pop. It's doing the, doing the deed, really getting the business done here. That being said, I would say right now things in life are going relatively smoothly. Work's going okay. I now have this new this new activity, new thing to do. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, only been a week, but in time, you know, as we see in every other new challenge we take on, in time it will get easier. And I will slowly begin to see the results and see the numbers rise. Like, one thing that I am really enjoying is seeing the numbers and like the data from these ads because when I click on it to kind of see how it's performing, the number of people it reaches, you know, where it's been, the number of clicks I have on it, the typical age ranges that click it, you know, just like all the basic demographics is super cool to me. And to see it broken down in terms of numbers, it speaks to me. That's what I have to say about my weekend update, my little life update, weekend recap, you know the deal. I don't have a ton to get into this week in terms of trending topics. I hope you guys did enjoy the, the little trending section that I had. Um, it was a lot of fun to do and kind of see what everyone doing. Everyone is looking up and I got some pretty good feedback on that. And over time, I've gotten more feedback regarding not just specific topics and sections I've covered, but the podcast in general. And a couple of things I heard about last week's section was one. I mean, do your research. (laughs) I'll tell you guys, the reason Nevada took so long, the reason people were looking that up is because they were taking so long for the votes to come in and to see the status of the election with that. And another thing that, you know, I didn't know the answer to is BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, and I'll tell you the answer right now because I did my research, as suggested it means black, indigenous, and people of color. So that's that. Did my research, found out why is taking so long, learned the definition of that. I already knew the definition of WAP and SIMP, but you guys get it. Anyways, as for, you know, responses and feedback on the podcast, I love it. I mean, even, even, you know, as we were taught growing up, yeah, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. When it comes to me and the podcast, I'll take what you have to say. I mean, though I may take it as like a grain of salt, we'll take it lightly, but it does provide me with enough feedback to improve on the podcast. I receive feedback from quite a few different people. And I mean, one thing that stuck with me was a thing that my coworker mentioned to me the other day. Uh which was very insightful. I really appreciate him like approaching me, telling me things to change. Not that there was anything wrong with how I've been doing things in the past, but I do really appreciate the feedback. If you do take it bigger than its face value, it's going to affect you more. However, if you listen to what was said to you and you break it down really figure out how to fix that and still see the positives within it, It'll do you well. That being said, guys, if you have anything to say about it, tell me. I appreciate it. That's why I got the email. That's why I have the email, you guys. That's why I have, you know, the little voicemail thing that I can do on the podcast. Though I haven't received much response on it, that's what it's there for. I mean, if you say, Chris, your voice is incredibly annoying and you should fix that. Look, man, I'll tell you, I, I can only do so much, but I appreciate your feedback. Last week I had mentioned how I was gonna bring up Saudi Aramco and I did my research on it. I found some details and some information, but I felt like I really didn't get enough information. I wasn't all that interested on the topic in that company to do an entire section based off of it. I can just give you a couple of stats on it right now before I get into what my actual topic is going to be. OK, so as of 2020, Saudi Aramco was the sixth largest company in the world based on revenue. They were the second largest in crude oil reserves with over 270 billion barrels of oil, and they had the largest daily oil production of all the companies. And right now in Saudi Arabia, they manage over 100 oil and gas fields. They are in the energy sector, and the specific industry that they're in is the oil and gas integrated industry, and they have 79,000 employees, which is, I believe, just a little over what Facebook had, like 55,000, 56,000, okay? This was as of December 17th. They had a $7.8 trillion market cap, 200, listen to this, Two hundred and twenty million shares outstanding. 220 million shares outstanding. Multiply that by their sh- current share price which is 35.20 at the day of reporting. That gives you the 7.8 trillion dollar market cap. Incredibly large, huge, you get the gist of it. Saudi Aramco is a pretty big deal. But you know, I just didn't feel like they had enough to make a whole stock talk out of it. One thing I do want to cover today with you guys, though, is I'm not going to cover a specific stock like I have in the past. What I do want to cover today with you guys is a company that has recently been in the news. And, you know, they've been in the news quite a bit over this past year, not just due to incredible popularity, but because of problems that they'd run into. And that company, you guys, today is a private company based out of Menlo, California, where Facebook is. It's Robinhood. The very simple app to use for trading on all mobile devices, which is incredibly popular amongst the younger generation and makes investing easy as pie. The thing that Robinhood goes by and the reason for its name is pretty pretty interesting because Robinhood that we all know took from the rich and gave to the poor. The app Robinhood, their company is kind of based on providing everybody access to financial markets and not just the rich. So in the past, investing wasn't just in everybody activity. Not everybody had simple access to use it. And it was primarily the wealthy, higher class individuals. Now, however, that's not the case. Everyone now has skin in the game for this. Everyone has access to the financial markets. Everyone can invest if they would like to. And it's quite, quite simple and quite easy to do. There are some downsides to it, though, which we will get into. But to provide you guys with a little bit of background, as I mentioned, it was based out of Menlo, California, which is the same location as Facebook. They are a private company, which were founded seven years ago on April 18, 2013. And the individuals that did discover Robin Hood were two people. So it wasn't just one person. It wasn't just like a Mark Zuckerberg or Zark Muckerberg, you know. It was two people, and they're co-CEOs, and that's Vladimir Tanov and Baiju Bot. As we know, Robinhood's a stockbroker electronic trading platform known on all mobile devices. And just in 2020, we saw that their revenue was $180 million. $180 million. And, you know, it wasn't like a steady increase over time throughout the months of 2020, At a point in time in the earlier months of 2020, it doubled. It quickly flipped over. And as we can guess when that happened was around the time of the stock market crash. Many months ago. okay. the total amount of assets under management is estimated to be about 20 billion dollars. It is run and managed by 1,200 employees. And Robinhood's primary demographic is the millennial generation whose average age is 26 years old. Okay, And as I said a minute ago, the reason that the revenue doubled was back during the stock market crash in early 2020. And during that time, the Robinhood trading dramatically increased. One thing that can be contributed to this crash was the rise in new traders, specifically Robinhood traders. But after a study was conducted about this, it indicated that Robinhood did have some bit of impact on this. It wasn't that much. It wasn't all that significant. Their presence was still there on a daily basis around that time. Okay. And to get into the financial instruments that Robinhood offers, they have your typical stocks and ETFs that you can buy. They also have the choice of options contracts. So you can do calls and puts. You can, if you have knowledge on that, super easy to use. However, a thing that we see with that is that a lot of people don't have that type of knowledge on options. Which can cause you know terrible uh, terrible things in return to happen in terms of risk. So Robinhood does have an instant deposit, which is great for some users who you know are really looking to get right into trading right away. They're able to credit users one thousand dollars until that money is transferred. So for example, you want to put thousand dollars in right away. You want to start trading. Or you want to put some options, blow your money on some penny stocks, whatever you want to do. You don't have that money right away with traditional brokerage accounts. But with Robinhood, they give you that $1,000 until your money transfers in. This used to be a three-day process. It was now cut down to instantly. So we can see many negatives and positives out of this. A problem that I faced myself was I went to go put money into my account and bought securities on the credit. And then it came out that there was a problem with the transfer which then I had to cover however much money that, you know, I spent on credit until I got that organized. Kind of a pain in the butt, but it happens, okay? Another thing that you can do with Robinhood or that you can have with Robinhood is now Robinhood Gold. So instead of that $1,000 instant credit with Robinhood Gold, you can get $50,000 in instant credit. You can also trade on margin And then you can also access market analytics regarding specific ETFs, securities, things like that gives you more information that you wouldn't traditionally get. One thing that you can do with Robinhood, which we're now beginning to see with other brokerage firms, is that you can receive free stocks when you share a specific link for somebody to use Robinhood. For example, I want to send my mom a link to join Robinhood. You know, she joins, she registers using my link. I then get a free stock of a free random stock. I mean, it can be anything from something incredibly cheap to something, you know, pretty high value. In addition to that, not only do I receive that free stock, but my mom also gets the opportunity to get a free stock as well. And it's not guaranteed to be the exact same as what I got, still a free stock. Another thing that you can do with Robinhood, which, you know, we've really seen to come up these past five, 10 years is you can trade cryptocurrency. And shout out to Bitcoin right now for really going through the roof, currently kicking myself for not putting money back in a while back. Anyways, (laughs) you can trade crypto on Robinhood. However, it's not offered in every state. So I had friends when I was up at school who were West Virginia residents. They weren't able to trade crypto like I was having a North Carolina address. Lastly, one thing that Robinhood offers is that you now have the option to open a checkings and savings account with a debit card through Robinhood. You have an annual annual interest rate of three percent. Quick little conclusion on that: Robinhood definitely has its benefits. Robinhood definitely, you know, provides you with incredibly easy access and gives you the opportunities to put money in the bank by things like crediting your account up to a thousand dollars or giving you free stocks. However, it's not all sunshines and rainbows with Robinhood. They have had their fair share of controversies, similar to Facebook and similar to other large companies. You know, Robinhood ain't the best out there when it comes to this. In October of 2018, there was a situation where there was a problem with the payment for order flow, which refers to the compensation that a broker receives, not just from its client, but from a third party that wants to influence how the broker routes client orders for fulfillment. Wall Street Journal found that they were taking more cash for orders than their rivals, than, you know, the people that they were directly competing with up to a 60 to 1 ratio. They were taking more cash for making or for opening a specific position than TD Ameritrade would charge you for. And Finra, the financial industry regulatory authority, They fined Robinhood $1.25 million in December 2019 for failing to ensure customers that they received the best price for their orders. They were fined because they withheld information on this. Have we seen this before? (laughs) Yes. Have we seen what I'm about to cover before too? Yes. July of 2019, Robinhood had a security breach which they had went on to admit that they were storing customers' passwords in clear text across their internal systems. So passwords were in the broad daylight for people that worked internally. If they wanted to get in my account, not that they'd get much out of it, they had my password sitting right there. Though they declined to say how many customers were affected by the security breach and the you know broad daylight passwords, it was found that there was no evidence of abuse With these passwords. However, in 2020, Robinhood went on to admit that almost 2,000 accounts were compromised during this hacking spree, who actually siphoned funds out of customers' accounts. So they went through and they spent their money from the passwords sitting in broad daylight. And Robinhood, you know, declined it at first and then they went on to admit it. Dude, just if you see a problem, just admit it. Why are companies and corporations Going through this, where you know they're just kind of keeping it on the DL until something significant happens, it's crazy to me. In 2019, though, I got quite a bit out of this because this was actually pretty funny and I actually saw this as it was going down. But a user on the Reddit subreddit, Wall Street Bets, if you guys don't know Wall Street Bets and you have a Reddit account and you invest, let me tell you, please go subscribe to that subreddit, it's hilarious. How I can describe it to you guys is people with stupid money or just stupid YOLO their entire accounts, their entire balances. They'll put money down on the most ridiculous options. And sometimes, like, they walk away making loads of money. And then other times, they lose loads of money and face a pretty hefty margin call. Okay. So, a user that was subscribed to Wall Street Bets in November of 2019 shared with the subreddit that there was a glitch where gold members were able to borrow unlimited funds through selling covered calls where the shares were bought using that leverage and the premium from that call was used to access additional leverage to buy more shares in order to sell more calls. And this was a cycle. This was continuously going where you can go on and take out more, get more leverage and you can can borrow up to as much as you wanted. Sounds pretty nice, right? And what a covered call is, it's a financial market transaction in which a seller of call options owns a corresponding amount of the underlying instruments, such as shares of a stock or other securities. And if a trader buys the underlying instrument at the same time the trader sells the call, the strategy is often called a buy right strategy. And in equilibrium in this happening, The strategy has the same payoff as writing a put option. So, I mean, it's kind of like a win-win. Regardless of which way the option goes, like, it's a win-win. Shortly after this was, you know, introduced to Wall Street Bets and introduced to everybody who has Robinhood gold, the loophole was discovered by the company. And the accounts that this was discovered by were suspended. And as a result of this, you know, some people made dough. Some people made a lot of money off this infinite leverage, while other users reported losses up to six figures. Six figures. That hurts so bad. Could you imagine waking up and getting a margin call for half a million dollars? I couldn't. Another thing that they faced in terms of controversy was outages in March of 2020. Early March, more than once, the app suffered outages and One of these outages occurred during the largest daily point gain in Dow Jones history. And I remember this specifically because I was there trying to access my account. This prevented users performing actions such as opening and closing their positions, such as buying and then selling positions in terms of profiting off of, for example, these Dow Jones high numbers. So you didn't have access to get in there and close and open positions. And, you know, for many, it sucked because you couldn't do anything about it. And the only thing you could do is just watch your numbers fall. So Robinhood faced three lawsuits in response to these March 2020 outages. And what they did, they offered case-by-case basis compensation to these accounts. They didn't just give one outright check to all these people. They went case-by-case and did some research behind it and then provided these accounts with the compensation lost or that they're prevented from getting. In response to what we talked about with the infinite leverage, uh, not directly, but in June of 2020, there was a suicide by a college trader, a kid that went to the University of Nebraska, woke up and he saw a negative cash balance of $730,000 in his margin trading account. Three quarters of a million dollars. A 20-year-old, okay? And it was later discovered that this was just a temporary balance due to unsettled trading activity. This wasn't permanent. That 20-year-old went and blamed Robinhood. For allowing him to pile on that much risk, which was an incredible amount, incredible amount, and as I said last week, they make trading so easy, so easy that it's like gambling. Robinhood promised to consider additional criteria in education for customers that were seeking level three options, and this allowed traders to create positions whose value exceeded their account values, but. In order to qualify for that, you know, you have to provide how much information you know regarding options, and then you have to be approved by Robinhood, which, in my experience, it's incredibly easy. You get on there, you answer yes to a few questions, and then bam, you're creating positions. And like I said, in response to this, they promised to consider additional criteria. So you had to qualify for this, and they also were to provide education for those customers wanting to do that. As for the next problem that we saw was in September of 2020, the SEC probe on selling client orders. And it was reported by the Wall Street Journal that Robinhood was under an SEC investigation for failing to disclose selling clients orders to high-speed trading firms. And they faced a potential fine in which just days ago, they settled with the SEC on a $65 million fine. A day before this settlement, On December 16th, there was gamification in Massachusetts where Massachusetts Securities Division filed an administrative complaint alleging the violation of state securities by marketing itself to Massachusetts investors without regard for the best interests of the customers and the investors of Massachusetts, thus failing to maintain the infrastructure and procedures necessary to meet demands of its rapidly growing customer base. Can we really think of like a a clean company that doesn't have controversy? And for a company that the younger generation relies so heavily on, they're kind of using us, which is unfortunate. They're really taking advantage of these young, uneducated traders. For Robinhood, I would definitely say that some of the largest income that they receive is by these uneducated traders. You know, they, they go into it thinking they have an understanding of options. And advance financial instruments, but they then go and lose money. I mean, for the average person, like they're not gonna know exactly how to like set up an option, like they're not gonna know how to do calls and puts on a company, and you know, the strike price, expiration date, all that. Like, it's not basic knowledge, and it takes even me today, like, I am not a hundred percent on how to properly trade options, though I do have an understanding of it, I don't feel all that comfortable, such as taking out a quarter million dollar option position, okay? Like, I'm not that confident, that's an incredible amount of risk that I'm really not willing to take, and for these people who are uneducated about it, they're not really aware of the risk that they're taking on. With Robinhood, I do think that they are a good company, like, I really think they have brought a lot of interest to the markets and really opened young investors eyes to the markets. But there are a lot of problems that they have as well. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, doing some research behind Robinhood and transitioning out of Robinhood, because I haven't been the biggest fan of Robinhood and using Robinhood like it's incredibly easy to use. Yes. But like, for example, like back in March of 2020, I was extremely frustrated during those outages because I just wanted access to my account which I couldn't get. And you know, for the people considering leaving Robinhood, you do have the option to transfer your positions out. However, Robinhood makes it kind of tough. To transfer any positions, whether you want to transfer your entire portfolio or just partially transfer, you have to pay $75 to do that. In addition to paying that fee, you must have a $500 value in your account. So if your positions are less than $500, just don't even consider it. Another thing is that they can't transfer fractional shares. So for the people that have a fractional share of Tesla, sorry, bro, but like you're not getting that 0.008% of that Tesla share in your new account. Sorry, bro, it's, it's not happening. You're not getting Amazon either. You have to have the entire share for it to be transferred which sucks sometimes. But fractional trading now becoming extremely popular, more brokerages are taking this on where they are offering fractional shares, which is great because it allows more people to have access to large name companies, big blue chip companies. It's tough because if you don't have, you know, $75 to transfer your positions, you don't have $500 in your account, and you do have fractional shares, you're really you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place because you can liquidate your entire account and take out that money and suffer a loss. You can stay with Robinhood or you can fork over the cash and grow your account to $500 or more. And that's tough for a lot of people. I'm kind of considering the entire liquidation of my portfolio, though I don't want to, you know, I'm not a big fan of it. I do want to get out of Robinhood. And I will say this, you know, before we conclude it is that I'm not registered as a securities broker or dealer, or any type of investment advisor, either with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, or any state securities regulatory authority, I am not licensed nor am I qualified to provide any investment advice. So please take note of that. Being said, I'm here to give you the background on it, and then maybe share a little bit of my two cents. So do what you want with this information, and you know, kind of make your decisions and your actions Based off of this information in addition to your own research, but don't solely rely on you know my information only. If you're considering a large position change, you're considering transferring to a separate brokerage, do your research. Look into it outside of just what I'm I'm rambling about. And that's what I have today for stock talk. So guys, I appreciate you listening to that. If you have any questions regarding stock talk, you know how to reach me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, like you know the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of yet another episode. It's incredibly unfortunate. You know, I'm, I'm sad we've reached this point, but, you know, your boy puts out a new episode every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. It's that easy. You know, just tune in every week. You know, there's guest episodes, you know, the bonus episodes put up every now and again. Keep an eye out for it. Subscribe. While we're already on the topic of subscribing, you might as well rate, you might as well leave a review. And then you might as well just share with your boy. uh, Share it with your friends, your mom, your dad, your investment advisor. Shoot, I mean, get my name out there. And I appreciate you guys listening. So, as always, you know how to get a hold of me. One little quick little update, guys. The website is looking good so far. The website's looking nice. I'll be up with that soon enough before you guys know it. Incredibly excited for that. So keep an eye out for that guys keep an ear open for that i appreciate you guys listening i appreciate you guys tuning in week after week i love you all but you know stay tuned and y'all take care see y'all